0: Yes. Hello. Welcome back to the continuation. The
1: what? Sorry.
0: You know what? I'm not even going to stop. <laughs> I'm not even going to bother changing it. Fuck it. You know what? Sometimes you drop the ball in life and you just pick it back up and just keep going. Yes. Hello. Welcome back to the continuation of the weight loss podcast season five. Uh, I am one of the jokers that runs this show, Matt. Over there, got the giggles already, is Courtney, so we are off to a banger of a start.
1: (laughs) Good start.
0: Oh, where's this going to go from here? Are we going to get the Courtney laugh, like straight off the bat? No. I'm getting a little bit excited over here. So over there's Courtney. Hey, dear. Hello. How are we going? Good. How are you? Mate, I'm killing it. Good. So we're here to have a discussion with each other and with you. (laughs) about uh, a topic about who you are versus who you want to be. Allow me to start by offering a bit of an explanation here on what the hell do we mean by this. So in a nutshell, you have someone who is overweight and unhappy, unhealthy. They do not want to be overweight, unhealthy and unhappy but they continue to act and think like a person who is overweight, unhealthy and unhappy and they tend to find themselves remaining overweight, unhealthy and unhappy. Obviously, this is a discussion about change. I mean, the whole, the whole concept of this fucking podcast is a discussion about change, isn't it? Yes. thing is, a lot of people make a, a very critical mistake early on, I think, in looking at change purely as being, oh, well, it's all about what I changed on the outside without, I think, taking into account necessary changes that are required on the inside with regards to how you view yourself, how you think, how you speak, how you you process feedback, information, experiences, and how you act. Mm. So I look at it as being, well... You're a you're a fat person who doesn't want to be a fat person, but you keep thinking and acting like one. Like of course you're gonna fucking stay that way. Yeah. yeah? Yep. Anything else you'd like to add to that or are you pretty happy with my my summary?
1: Yeah, a little nutshell there, yes.
0: No hands done well. My little nutshell. Please notice no hands are moving over here. I'm usually a hand waver when I explain yeah. things and yeah. my hands are inactive. Yeah. Anything you want to add to this? Or you're happy with a nutshell? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. You're a fuckwit. You. <laughs> She's taking the piss out of me, throwing the hands around. You can't see it because we're not doing uh, this on video yet.
1: <laughs> yet.
0: But, uh, yeah, geez. All right. So we're comfortable with with this. Mm-hmm. Now I should mention as well, this is something that we've seen a lot with clients. So... Every every person, whether that comes to us and they'll put an application in to work with us and 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 join us, and whether they're successful or unsuccessful, they they all have something in common. They want to change. How often have we seen this, Courtney, over the years of our experience, where you've got someone that has some pretty lofty goals and things about themselves they want to improve or change, but. Shoot themselves in the foot because they don't take those necessary steps forward. Of like, well, the person you want to be acts and thinks like this, but you are stuck acting and thinking like that. Hmm. And you kind of tend to tread water. Might be a nice way of saying it. Yeah. The, the matte way of saying it might be you go fucking nowhere. Yeah. Or you go up and down. You get, you get some. You get some improvements, and then you go backwards. And improvements again, and then you go backwards. Yeah. And the moralizing is that.
1: It is. And I mean, you touched on it, but it can happen from a a few different reasons. Hit me. Um, but I think fear fear is a big one. Ooh. Fear of failure. Sometimes we've even spoken about it in the past, Matt, where it can be fear of success. What mm. does my life look like if I succeed at this? So
0: answer. Better than it is now. Yeah,
1: it can be fear-based. fear, fear, based. A, lot mm. be fear based. a lot of it can be fear-based. A lot of it can be just not dealing with emotional triggers, um, emotional eating, things like that, and not having the presence of mind to be able to identify and deal with those sort of things. Um, so, you know, support isn't there. It can be a lot of different reasons why it happens.
0: Could Could it also be then a reason these things can happen is because you have not discovered a reason enough to get past this shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're – we often speak about the why. You know, you've got to have a purpose. You've got to have a reason why you're you're wanting to achieve something that's hard to do. And we will continue to, do.
0: to speak about that because of how important it is.
1: Yeah, and because it's, it's such a hard, long, annoying process
0: to go through. Well, one might say if you're doing this – the right way, it's the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's not like when Courtney says "hard, long, annoying process," she doesn't necessarily refer to the next twelve weeks or the next twelve months, because you know what? That's not how this works.
1: It's just, it's hard and it's annoying for-
0: okay. In times it can be, Other, it can be very rewarding. It can be. We, we, we should also just, before we go on, like let's not paint a completely bleak picture here and say that- No, well, I haven't finished yet. A successful weight loss journey.
1: I haven't finished yet. What I was going to say was- a
0: Bit of sassy. Okay, That
1: cool. it's hard and it's annoying, especially in the beginning.
0: You're cute when you're sassy, you know that?
1: Because you are- Learning new things fires me
0: up. Actually, <laughs>
1: stop. You're learning new things. You're implementing a whole bunch of new routines. New habits are really hard and annoying to get embedded in your life, and
0: all of them, or some of them, or like,
1: well, it depends who you ask. If you ask you, you you thrive on new challenges, and I hate them. It's not part of my personality. So it just depends who you ask. To me, the whole the whole early stages are hard and annoying because I hate learning new things and <laughs> I hate being bad at things and I hate being a beginner at things. So for my personality, the whole thing sucks
0: So funny at is the that I actually snorted.
1: But for you, your personality, you see new things as challenges and as something to strive for. Well, and,
0: I do now. Well, yes. That's not to say I always have.
1: Yes, but we're getting off topic here. I'm just saying that... A lot of it can be long and tiresome for a lot of people in the beginning and that can contribute to this this up and down um, progression um, and then going backwards and then forwards and then backwards thing that you're talking about. All right,
0: well, look, I have a suspicion that you and I are quite probably going to come at this from different angles and perspectives because I – do kind of view this almost kind of black and white, yeah. And well, we don't. You're like, <laughs> but let's let's get a bit personal with this. Mm. And so we'll start with you, dear. Yes. One thing you, when you and I first met, and you've told me this as well a number of times um, over the course of our eighty-five year marriage. <laughs> Sorry, it just feels that way. It does um, that. Uh, for a long time, you always viewed yourself as the fat chick, the fat girl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Courtney and I were talking before we started recording about how she doesn't view herself that way now. And I was like, what? That's really cool. But how has this played out for you? So can you just give a bit, of a bit of a background history on like how long in your life were you looking at yourself as like, well, this is, this is who I am. I'm the fat chick here.
1: I think even from when I was a child, I was always quite big. <clears throat> so out of my friends growing up, I played a lot of sport. Um, I played netball mm. growing up, which is a very popular sport for girls here in Australia. Um,
0: you mean Australia?
1: <clears throat> Australia. Um, very popular sport for girls growing up. When I was a child, there was no, there was really no female um football or anything like that, So it's sort of like netball or basketball is what you sort of did when I was a child growing up. Um, I played netball and growing up playing netball, the dresses that you would wear, the uniform, it was a lycra one-piece dress. So basically a leotard with a skirt.
0: Can't hide anything there, can you?
1: And it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wear... That, this was before Spanx or anything Where a thing. I used to wear two pairs. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Back up. What is a Spank?
1: Oh, you don't, you know, it's the shapewear that you, undies that no, you I, wear. No, I
0: don't actually know. I'm an ignorant male.
1: Yeah, it's the shapewear, it's the undies that you wear that sort of sucks you in a little uh-huh. bit. Aha, okay. Know, smooths out the lines. That's
0: a very, that's a cool name, Spanx. Okay. And that's
1: just one brand, anyway. There's a okay. lot of brands these days that make okay. them. But back before they were a thing, mm. I used to wear, growing up, I used to wear um, bloomers, like which was like a tight sort of a pair of underwear that you would wear. Um, so they would cover your undies. So, you know, when you wore a, a netball dress, you didn't see your undies if you jumped in there and your skirt went up sort of, of thing. I used to wear two pairs of those underneath my dress to sort of keep me sucked in a little bit. Huh. To smooth out the roles.
0: How old were you when this was happening? 14. Okay.
1: I'd say high school, early high school. Okay. Years. Um, yeah. So I remember even from back at that age, I mean, I was I was quite a big, I was always a big girl and I always felt like the big one. Mm. Even in my school friends, I was always the biggest. So I always felt like the big girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, back from when I was a child, I definitely would feel like I was, you know, quote unquote, the fat girl.
0: Do you view yourself that way now? No. How do you view yourself now?
1: Although I should point out that just to be clear, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've completely gone from, I don't want to make it seem like I've gone from this whole thing. Like I never think of myself or I never struggle still with my self image. I definitely still do. There are definitely still times that I catch myself thinking that I'm fat.
0: Okay. uh, What triggers those times?
1: I think it just depends, I guess, on maybe that if if for me now, it might depend on that time of the month, if I'm feeling bloated. Um,
0: By that time of the month, do you mean whale week?
1: Yeah, I call it whale week. Um. But yes, if around my period time of the month, mm. I do tend to bloat quite a lot, retain a lot of fluid. Um, I do puffy. have some, yeah, puffy. I do have some food sensitivities, so if I'm not conscious about what I'm eating and I eat the wrong things, then it I will also get quite puffy. Um, and then just generally speaking, sometimes my my habits slip and I fall into bad habits, and I put on a few kilos. I'm not immune to putting on back on weight.
0: So you're saying you're human?
1: I definitely during last year with when we had this worldwide pandemic that we went through, I definitely put on a few kilos. I let bad habits slip, um, gyms were closed, I was doing home workouts which were nowhere near as intense as they would have been if I had been going to the gym and um, had in my, my proper routine. So I definitely put on a few kilos through through COVID through that COVID um, pandemic year. So I'm not immune to either, you know, fluctuating with weight. So these are all times that I would well, who is? struggle mentally and think that I look fat. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that. So I do definitely still have those times, but I would never generally consider myself the fat girl.
0: Maybe this is, you know, straighten me out here if necessary. To me, this... Very much also, just sounds like you know what, like everyone else, you just have fat days.
1: Definitely, definitely. Don't we all? And I don't think you could be doing this, as you said before, this is a lifetime thing. Yeah. So I don't think you could ever put that pressure on yourself to never fall into bad habits or well, never I mean, fluctuate with weight. That's
0: a um, that's a perfectionist mindset, which is unhealthy, yeah, and, and unrealistic, and to me, kind of delusional because you know. How easy is it to think, oh, this is just a, a straight shot to success and it's all all downhill from here? Like, no. Okay, well, okay. How we, – can we agree you're better now than you were? Yeah, definitely,
1: this? definitely. Yeah? Yeah. And I think what we were talking about earlier, Matt, before we started recording was how how did I view myself before and I was – Saying how when we first started working together in the gym, mm. you being my trainer. Before
0: you hit on me, yes. <laughs> Shamelessly.
1: Yeah. Um I think it's back true. then I was I was big girl, you will admit. I was quite a big girl.
0: Well, that's why you came to me in the first place. Yes.
1: I was big. And I would say back then, you know, looking By back the way, on it now
0: just just me being me. By big, we mean overweight.
1: I was overweight, yeah. I was well overweight and very unhealthy. Let's
0: not pull our punches. No,
1: no. And very unhealthy as well. Wasn't exercising, was eating a lot of junk food.
0: And also unhappy.
1: Very unhappy. Mentally was not in a great place.
0: Miserable, sad sack.
1: Yeah. So back then, I think I still had a bit of awareness that I couldn't go from the size I was to a size eight. You know, Mm. so I think at the time of memory I would have picked my goal size to be around about a 12.
0: Standard standard female routine. Let's go. Here's what I think I can achieve in my mind is what I actually want to achieve. But
1: if at the time, if you had said to me what would be your perfect, in an ideal world, what size would you want to be? It would have been an eight.
0: Funny thing is I did ask you that and you didn't say that. No. You did the standard female routine, which I see so many fucking times, where you ask a female about their goals and often they'll relate to to clothing or dress sizes. Whatever number the female gives me, my head immediately goes one or two sizes lower.
1: You generally go two sizes lower to what in an ideal – in that moment, what we're thinking is about two sizes lower because we want to give an answer that we feel like we don't want to seem to be – like kidding ourselves. I look
0: at it as um, very often with that, females are looking for a soft landing.
1: Yeah, and it could be for a couple of different reasons. Soft landing, fear of failure, we may not get there, so we want to sort of discount ourselves a little yeah, bit yeah. to give you, ourselves you a better you're chance. you kind of having,
0: having a 50-50 bet each way there. It's like, well, you know, I actually want this, but I think I can only get that.
1: We also There's also probably a sense from a lot of women that we don't want to be judged, so we don't want to have that judgment of, Thinking that the person we're telling is going to be like, yeah, dream on, sort of thing. Well, I'll tell you, so, I'll tell
0: you something. I mean, I that makes complete sense. If the person you're telling were to think that, like, they need to be kicked in the face, telling the wrong person. Yes, but
1: that that for me was back then. So size eight would have been my dream. Mm-hmm. Is it now? No, and I think that that's the biggest thing that's evolved for me over the years. Back when I first started working out with Matt, I didn't know weight training. I would go to the gym and I would just walk on the treadmill. I would not weight train. I didn't know anybody that did weight train other than-
0: That's for the boys, ben. isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Males that weight trained, that was it. I didn't know anyone who did it. I didn't have any references. And this was back when social media was still a thing, but it wasn't what it is now. There wasn't- instagram influencers, you know there wasn't this um whole movement of body diversity um that there is now so back when when i first started working out with matt it was very much like what you saw in the fitness magazines at the supermarket was it Mm -hmm. that was sort of what you saw and there was a perception that you know weightlifters looked a certain way um and everybody else looked a certain way, and most people that were in the magazines or on social media at the time, they were thin, they were skinny. So that's what I wanted to be, um, but I think as time went on and I and I evolved with exercise, got into weight training, understood what weight training does to your body. I think there was a lot of misconception for me at the start; didn't understand how my body would change with weight training. Of
0: course.
1: How my body would look. And as my body evolved and I saw the results of the weight training, my perception of what I wanted for myself changed.
0: I do recall one of the things you told me uh, when we spoke about the, uh, the future for you doing weight training, Oh, I don't want to look too much like a man.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> but that was the perception. What was like, my response? You won't.
0: You've got nothing to worry about.
1: <laughs> but that was the perception for me at the time because I didn't know anyone of other course. than men that, that did weight training. So for
0: you back then, you wanted to be skinny? Yeah. Your, your definition? Yeah. It was that, so for you, it was more about I want this and this is skinny? Yes. Okay.
1: Yep. So I think over time, as I said, me understanding what weight training has done for my body shape and understanding what I really want and what makes me happy rather than just what the TV or the magazines told me that I should look like. What do
0: you think you need to do?
1: There's a big difference between what I thought that I needed to look like and what I wanted to look like mm-hmm. and I think over time I've managed to really understand that difference and now I definitely would never see myself being happy at a size eight. Not saying that Disclaimer that there's anything wrong with a size eight. There's a lot of women out there who look unbelievably good in a size eight. Not for me.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It's just not for me.
0: So how did how did you bridge that gap? From like the you think like back then, you know, you started off as being, you know, you're always the fat girl to I wanna be the skinny girl to now. I don't want to be neither of those two things. Like, how did you get here?
1: I think that it's one good thing about through this process and being, you know, a long-term mindset that it does give you the option to have your goals and your goalposts change and evolve over time.
0: By is, time, are we talking like a like a six-week challenge?
1: No. Well, how long? How long since we friend. first met?
0: Uh, I think we first met would have been about nineteen seventy-five.
1: Please.
0: No, you and know, I first met in
1: 2012.
0: 2012. Around uh, November.
1: So 2012. Great memory. Great memory.
0: Your first ever training session with me was Melbourne Cup Day. Yes, I remember 2012.
1: that. I just don't remember the year. But yes, I, I, ever since then, it's taken me years, really. It's been only in the last few years that I've been able to really confirm that I'm comfortable at a size and a shape them so it took me years to sort of really work this out
0: something you've learned just through experience then yeah
1: just through experience and watching others and and i think again i never i never want to undersell the importance of working on the skill of self-reflection i think that it's a skill i really do think it's a skill that not everyone has and it has you have to develop it and when you're able to work on that skill of being able to be self-reflective and say, what did I do well? What did I do um, not so great? What do I need to improve on? Not just in terms of this, but, I mean, it it travels throughout every aspect of your life. It really does. And it is a skill. And I think being me able to work on that, and I did it, I sort of had to work on that almost, in a way, it was sort of thrust upon me because we had – our gym, you know we had our gym uh, we we had clients that would ask me questions, and it would make me think, "Oh, what did I do in this situation, or what did I think in this situation when people would ask me these questions and i would it would me to have to think about how I felt about certain things, so I think for me that working on the skill of being really self reflective um was sort of forced upon me, but I'm so happy that it was because now I feel like it is a skill that I'm I'm getting a lot better at and I am able to look back and think what do I really want, you know, what do I really want to feel when I look in the mirror or when I put on clothes, you know, what do I want to look like, what, what do I want to feel like. Um, these are the sort of things that I was able to ask myself and I was able to see, you know, I look at myself in workout leggings and I can see the outline of my hamstring, you know, the outline of my glutes. That's the sort of shape that if you had asked me back in 2012, I wouldn't have told you that that was a desirable look for me um, at all. But now I've got it, that definition. I could never imagine having legs without that definition. Do you know what I mean?
0: So then when when you first started this – did you ever find yourself sort of self-sabotaging where like you do things where it's like, oh, well, I'm the fat chick. This is what the fat chick does.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that yeah. I can't – well, in a way because I can't point to any moments where I thought, well, I'm the fat chick, but there were definitely moments where I would, you know, sabotage myself in other ways like I deserve this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken about it in the past where mm. after I, you know, within my first six months of really getting into this, I went backwards really badly because I made really great gains in my first three to six months.
0: Got very comfortable.
1: Got very comfortable, got very... Um,
0: complacent.
1: Complacent. Very much like, well, I've worked hard, I deserve this.
0: Mm. Oh, you know, entitlement.
1: Entitlement. favourite of mine. You know, mm. Um that sort of thing, you know, crept in for me, and it was a really big eye opener. So I think those are the the emotional triggers that I had more so than, well, I should I'm going to eat this because I'm the fat one.
0: What do you think helped you avoid that?
1: Um, I think it was probably I was in a space where no one around me made me feel like the fat one. So I'd left school. By the time, like I was out of high school, by the time I started to do this, I was an adult. I was working full time, earning my own money. You're independent. I'm independent. I was still living at home though, mm. but with my family. But no one in my household ever made me feel like the fat one. Mm-hmm. So that was that was. I was in an environment that I wasn't made to feel like the fat one. My work environment never made me feel like the fat one either. Um, so I think that there was no sort of trigger.
0: Do you? Okay. Well, do you think that your you being connected to your reasons for change played a, a part in that? There's yeah. That right huge. Wrong answer here, by the way. It's just me asking.
1: Yeah. No. Huge. Huge. And I think for me, I'd tried and failed several times before we, you and I, had met Matt. That. You know, I saw that it, it, you know, you can do a short term thing and it's going to fail. Like, I tried to do diets and things like that in the past and it never worked. I last, I say tried, I last two days on these sort of diets and I'd just give up. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't.
0: Was that, was that though, um, you weren't connected to your purpose or because the diets were shit or somewhere in the middle?
1: Somewhere in the middle, probably a bit of both. Okay. I don't think I'd really reach that point of I wanted it bad enough.
0: To make it a long-term thing? Yeah. There is a level of acceptance that's required there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I fully understand the desire for instant gratification and I want my results now as fast as possible, as pain-free as possible. You do need to cross a bridge, don't you, to go to accept the like? You know what? That's just not how it fucking works.
1: No, and there's there's always going to be a level of sacrifice involved. And until when you've still got that sense of entitlement, which I had, of no, this this can't be this hard. There has to be another way. There has
0: to be an easier way. Of course, yeah, okay. easier to put it
1: on. So <laughs> must be must be easy to get it back off yeah, again. Yeah. So there is that uh, sense of entitlement that I still had there that I hadn't really quite understood what it was going to take, Mm. Um, probably also a sense of delusion of how bad it was a lot of the time. As in where
0: you started from? Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm so fucking glad you mentioned that. A lot of people really have no clue how deep the hole is they dug for themselves.
1: Mm. And I think that because it wasn't looking back on it now, I mean, all I was ever focused on, which I think is true for a lot of people, is how they look. So for me, all I was focused on was how I looked. And I would fluctuate week to week where some weeks I would think, oh, you know, it's not that bad. You're not that fat. Whereas other weeks then I was miserable because I thought that I was the fattest thing on the, world, in the, on the planet. Mm. But that sort of fluctuated. But looking back on it now, what I never really touched on was like how unhealthy I was. The fact that I wasn't really doing any exercise.
0: Mm.
1: I was eating just junk Like, absolute junk every day.
0: Abusing your body?
1: Every day it was junk food or takeaway food. Like, every day, you know. There would be nights where I would go through a litre of ice cream by myself. Good effort. Like, it would just seem no limit to the amount of food that I really could eat if I wanted to. Mm. Um, So, I think that, that... There was this sense of delusion about where I was starting from, so it wasn't that bad enough. Um, So I hadn't quite reached that point that I needed to to be able to make the, the permanent change, definitely.
0: Okay. How do you view yourself now in general?
1: In general, I view myself as a strong, healthy female, there's definitely, as I said, there's definitely times where I would still struggle with the um, identification of being fat.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, I asked that question. It's not absolute. No. Like it, it's not like you know, how are you 24 hours of the day? No. But, but you're never going to be. Of course not. Consistently, how do you view yourself you now? And you've answered that question. Yeah. Obviously. So when you have um, in your well weeks and your fat days. Uh, do they impact you enough where you slide off or just drop your bundle, lose your shit, no, etc.? Much no. more mature now.
1: Much more mature. I think it's actually the opposite for me. I think it's when things seem to be going well that's when I um, often let bad habits creep back in. Complacency. Complacency yep. is still one of yep. my biggest um, challenges.
0: I think it is for anyone that gets success,
1: and yep. that's where I see things more clearly and then when i have my puffy weeks or my whale weeks or things like that mm. it actually becomes more clear to me what i've done in the good times um and it's something then i still have to mentally grap- grapple with which is okay now i need to put in this effort to pull it back again because again there's no quick fix here i need to, to go back to the grind to 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 pull this back in and and to rework my my non-negotiable habits here Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to be a constant. I think that's going to be a constant, and I feel like that's not probably spoken about enough, whereas people will often always, like anything, they'll always tell you when the good things are happening, but um, they'll never always tell you when the bad moments are um, or when the slip-ups come. Um, so I think that's really important, but I think that that's probably enough about me. Maybe we should talk about your experience.
0: Well, before we... Before we do, I was going to ask you a question. Yeah. How has your self-worth changed Oh. along the way with this?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It, Mate,
0: I'm great at questions.
1: It would be night and day.
0: Okay, can you give us an illustration? Because don't I should mention, like, this is an on-the-fly sort of thing. Like, there's no harm breaking this up into a two-parter.
1: Yeah, this podcast. <laughs> yep. Um, I think that for me, my self-worth, is is definitely night and day I look back on the person I was you know pre-2012 and I was definitely somebody who um was very up and down um very self-conscious of what other people thought of me um very afraid to be made fun of or to be ridiculed um Very afraid of putting myself out there when it came to meeting new people. Hated putting myself in a situation where I had to meet new people. Felt very uncomfortable. Um, Was very self-conscious the way that I looked. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of my self-worth back then, I can look back now and see a lot of it was wrapped up in what I felt like other people thought of me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of where my anxiety triggers used to come from whereas now i'm not going to sit here and say oh that's all gone because that would be a
0: lie has it improved
1: it has improved out of sight where is it now now it's to the point where i wouldn't say necessarily that i've completely got rid of that anxiety trigger of worrying what other people think of me but it's got less about how that i look now and more about just wanting to be a good person um, generally you are more now about based on um perception of, you know, personality traits and things like that, less on what I think people think of me, the way that I look, which is a massive difference to when I was younger. I felt like everyone judged me on the way that I looked first. Whereas now it doesn't even cross my mind that people would judge me on the way that I look generally. Um
0: Is that like a confidence you've developed within yourself?
1: Definitely, definitely. And something I think even just with our gym and with this podcast and with our business and me having to put myself out there more, you know, there's those sort of things I would never have done before.
0: Mm, um, yeah, can relate.
1: Even to the point of admitting mistakes. Oh, yeah. You know, that's something I would never have done before. Mm. Um. So those sort of things definitely have, have you know, the self-worth – I, you know, it's it's not a unfortunately it's not a black and white thing where it's, you know it's not like a switch that you can just switch off. There's always going to be days where I feel shit about myself or I feel I don't look my best and I don't really want to take a picture for our website. Um, you know, things like that. But generally speaking, it it is absolutely night and day.
0: Well, um, before we go on, like what you just mentioned there. The way I would look at that, the way I do look at that is if you look at things from a bigger picture perspective, is the arrow pointing up? Yeah. Because it's never going to be, you know, like I said, I said before, plenty of times like a straight line uh, or a linear path to things. There's, It's a roller coaster. Mm. But overall, is the arrow pointing up? And clearly the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how would you say... You value yourself now versus then.
1: Oh, a lot more, a lot more. I feel like back then I would have been a very easily persuaded to do things that I didn't really want to do. But
0: to, what to fit in or to fit in? Okay, you know, people pleaser.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is well documented. I still am, mm. but I think it's on a whole different level when you're buying clothes that you don't necessarily want to buy, but you want. You know, you buying because you want to fit in when you're spending money and you're changing your personality or you're changing your likes and dislikes to fit in. It's a whole different thing. Mm. There's a whole nother level of being a people pleaser than where I am now. I'm at a point now where I still am conscious that a trigger, an anxiety trigger for me is that people are upset with me, unhappy with me. So I still am a people pleaser to a certain point, but I'm at the point now where I'm not – I wouldn't be going out and buying a piece of clothing because it was the in thing to do.
0: Do you think you're a people pleaser now, though, at the expense of yourself?
1: I try really hard not to be. Mm -hmm. I'm really conscious of that and I do try really hard not to be. How? I think think just keeping that in front of mind, like – okay, am I saying yes because I feel like I have to or am I saying yes to this because I want to? Um, so often just reminding myself and asking myself that question. But that comes back to, to me, that comes back to being able to self-reflect. And if you haven't built that skill, then it makes working on these things to me really challenging. Okay. Because you have to be able to sit there and ask yourself those sort of questions sometimes.
0: Well, given... Given this has gone longer than either of us planned, we will make this a two-parter. I'll save my two cents worth for uh, the next episode. What tips would you give your personal tips as far as this topic goes?
1: My personal tips as far as um, who you are versus who you want to be, which is to me my number one has to be purpose – so you have to really hit that reason why you want to you want to change that's really going to help with that with that mindset because realistically what we're talking about is a mindset shift from who you are now to versus who you want to be so if you're an overweight person now you don't want to be an overweight person in the future you want to feel better about yourself both inside and out it has to start from somewhere and we've spoken about it in the past and people always say to us, oh, bang on about the why. Yeah, well, we do bang on about the why. because Why you, is that,
0: I wonder? Because
1: if you don't have the why, we literally can't talk about anything else.
0: What's well, the anchor point for the entire thing?
1: Everything else we talk about is just become redundant yep. because you're not going to pass go. There's like a, you're yeah, not. Yeah. This isn't monopoly. You're not passing go yeah, without no, a why. Um,
0: there's no point worrying about the what and the how without the why.
1: Yeah. So you have to have a purpose. Yeah. So you have to have a reason that you're doing it, which is stronger than, than the mental battles you're going to go through.
0: And also the inbuilt human laziness.
1: Yes. The sense of entitlement that I had, you know, all of this mm. stuff, it has to be bigger. Yeah. Because when all of these little things creep up on you throughout the journey, which they will, mm. you have to have something that's going to trump them. It is your, it is your ultimate you know, card to play. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need to have a strong purpose and reason why. That would be my first tip. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think of what I've spoken about in my journey, what else I would say. The the skill of self-reflection, I would say, is a massive tip for me. Start working on it. It's never too early or too late to work on that.
0: Well, keep in mind the, um, the tips we've written out here, a number of these have come from you.
1: Yes. So I didn't have it written down beforehand, but I will say it now. The skill of self-reflection is to me essential. You need to be able – I know that How do you
0: define self-reflection?
1: I think that you have to be able to be self – your own cheerleader, but also your own critic to be able to really look at what you're doing. Because I know we speak about it a lot. And support network is definitely one of my tips, mm. but you have to also be able to be your own guide in this. You can't always, relying on others is essential, but you have to also be able to rely on yourself yep. and be able to self-reflect yep. and improve and grow. Like throughout this, you should be growing as a person um, throughout this sort of journey as well, I think. So make sure you can start building that skill won't come overnight so you have to definitely start working on it support network is huge I spoke about it in my story I at the time when I made the decision that my purpose or my why was big enough to change I had people around me that didn't make me feel like the fat girl so it wasn't it didn't cross my mind in my household it didn't cross my mind at my workplace in my close circle of friends it didn't enter that. I was never made to feel like the fat one by that time in my life. So I think that the people you surround yourself with in terms of mindset is really important. And if you are surrounding yourself with people in your close circle who are making you feel like the fat girl or boy in, in man or woman, that is going to be a problem. Because if they are in your tight circle of support network you can't get away from that easily and it's going to play on your mind constantly. It holds you back. It's going to hold you back. Mm. So that is a really big problem. that You need to figure out a way to get around that um, because it, it's either a conversation that needs to be had, a strong conversation to under, make that person understand the effect it's having. And if that doesn't work, then It's a distance. You're going to have to distance yourself from that person because, Mm. as you spoke about before, Matt, you have to make the decision about what's more important and how this is going to affect you.
0: There are choices that must be made. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it's not just as simple as making, you know, food choices. There's a lot of choices (laughs) that need to be made, there's a lot of sacrifice that need
0: to be made. Every time, every time, just slight digression. Someone says, oh, weight loss, it's all about the food. Like, you got no fucking idea, buddy. No. None. No. Yep.
1: Absolutely none. Um, and then I, I touched on it before in terms of accountability. You need to be accountable to yourself with yes. self reflection, mm. but also having somebody to help you be accountable.
0: Or somebody's.
1: Somebody's. Mm. So definitely setting up routine and structure so you haven't got that emotional impact on you every day they like, I've spoken about it still impacts me some days where, you know, mentally I'll see myself differently or I'll feel different things. That's going to happen. It's always going to happen. We've spoken about this. This is a lifetime change. Mm. You're not going to go through the rest of your life not having emotionally bad weeks or days or periods in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have some very hard emotional times in like big blocks of times in your life. So you're not going to get away from that. But that's where having really good, solid routines and processes in place, routines around food prep, routines around exercise, routines around accountability, Mm. these sort of things that if you can build as habits into your life are going to mean that they're going to try to help you carry you through those really challenging times. Mm. So it's not something – it's not like you have to wake up every day making a new decision – of okay am I going to go to the gym today or not or okay what am I going to eat for breakfast these are decisions that you can take away by having really good habits built in about food prep about exercise so it becomes habitual it becomes a set thing like today is Thursday I know I'm going to the gym because Thursdays I go to the gym it's normal It's just the part of it, way it is.
0: Yeah. You know, so
1: these are, there's so many decisions we have to make every day already. And there's so much emotion built into life at the moment in general, let alone if we're having particularly bad mental health weeks or if something has happened in our life, um, good or bad, that's sort of thrown us out. Having one less decision to make is really important. Mm. Um, especially for long-term success. So making sure that you've got um, the people in your life that can help you develop great routines, make them habit. They're going to take some time to become habit. That's okay. Make, make the time to make them habitual and have someone or some people that you can be accountable to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that would be my main ones.
0: Nothing else you'd add there,
1: mm, not unless you can see something I've forgotten,
0: mate. You've taken the show over. Yeah, it's not about it's not about what I think.
1: <laughs> I think they're my main ones.
0: Well, I reckon we pull up stumps on this one and call this part one. <laughs> we will, and we'll uh, we'll hit part two for the next one. It's one of the um. Oh, the beauty's about being flexible. It's just like, you know what? She's on a fucking roll. Let's just <laughs> let this one rip and we'll figure it out later on.
1: Uh well, we'll do part two and yeah. part two will be all about your story and how this has impacted impacted you mm-hmm. in your journey and what your opinion is on yeah, all these things. We
0: don't um we don't need this to be a three hour podcast. So Let's not do that when well, we can do you've, it over You've two. dropped you've dropped so much um great wisdom and knowledge. I'm not saying that to suck up because you're my wife because I've already got you. I don't need to impress anymore. Um, Thanks. But big thanks to you, dear, for for this. Like this is, mate, this is a banger. Thank you. Absolute banger. Um, You listening, uh, hopefully you've got as much out of this as I have because I've just loved sitting here just absorbing all this.
1: I hope it hasn't just been me rambling on. I hope it's made sense.
0: All the above can be true at once.
1: True, <laughs> true.
0: So um, if you've got nothing else to do right now, come and hang out with us in our Facebook group. Yes. You will find us at facebook.com. Yes. If you put in a search for The Weight Loss Podcast, you'll see our Facebook group. You'll also see a link to that in your current podcast app. Just go to the episode description and there it is. Come hang out with myself, Courtney and other like-minded people who also listen to the show on the subject of Support Network. That's why it's there, Mm -hmm. funnily enough. Uh, And uh, on that note, Courtney, let's just get the hell out of here. Yes. Well done. Well done to you, Courtney. Thank you. Um, Thank you for listening and we'll see you for the next one. Bye.